you are listening to Teeny Talks with your host, coach expert, Teeny Fadzila. This podcast is brought to you by The Coach Partnership, world-class leadership development, coaching, and coach certification. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Teeny Talks. My name is Teeny Fadzila from The Coach Partnership, and I'll be your host. So... Here's what today is about. There is no doubt that resilience is a useful and highly adaptive trait, especially in the face of adversity. However, we know too much of a good thing can become a bad thing or unproductive. Okay. So the question is, is there such a thing as too much resilience? A common knowledge is that the best way to develop resilience is through hardship. So the question is, is that the only way to build resilience? So today we're going to dive right into the heart of resilience and build some distinctions. So my guest today is a really special woman. Oh, I've known her for, I'm looking at her right now. I've known her for, gosh, 25 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It must have been when I was 12. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you were 13, I think. Yes, exactly. Um, so let me, let me, I've known her for a long time. She is absolutely amazing. Let me give you a few facts around her. So Kelly Poulos is her name. Uh, she's an international management consultant and performance coach with over 45 years um, be in her belt. She has coached, trained, influenced over 100,000 entrepreneurs, managers, leaders, and logged in more than 55,000 hours of coaching and consulting. She's the co-author of a best-selling book, Secrets to Winning. And now Kelly and I are writing her second book, My First. Her clients all have one thing in common, a compelling desire to succeed professionally and live deeply meaningful lives. She's highly respected as a master in her field. Kelly is considered by colleagues, I will verify that, and clients to be the best of the best. So welcome, Kelly. Wow. Wow. You sound awesome because you are. Yeah, I do. I sound (laughs) fabulous. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I love that. So ready to jump right into resilience? Let's go. All right. So first thing, let's, let's start at the beginning. What's the definition uh, of resilience to you? For me, it's, it's really very simple. It's, it's how quickly do you bounce back when, when you get in trouble? You know, my favorite story about this, and you've heard me tell it a, m- a million times, but uh, it, it speaks to this simple point, which is uh, there was a, an American prize fighter, Mike Tyson, getting ready for a big prize fight. Now, I want to go on record here if people are watching it. I can't stand this guy. And if he's listening to, to it, I don't like him. He's not my kind of guy. But he was a great athlete. And he did have, I thought, with the very best quote I've ever heard about what is resilience. And he was being interviewed. It was a press conference. And the journalist said, uh, Mr. Tyson, your opponent is famous for having great fight plans. Are you worried about that? Without hesitation, Tyson comes right back and he says, oh, well, yeah, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Come on, this is it. That's the nerve right there. So to me, it's it's that simple, which is how quickly do I respond when I get punched in the mouth? How quickly do I get back up? Yeah, so here's a question. 
quick, so I totally concur. And if I reference, you know, from our book, we're interviewing people. This is a common, you know, the capacity to bounce back, a common theme. What about power? Is it bouncing back with power? Or is there a gradual ease and you build up the power when we talk about resilience? I don't think it's an either or. I, I think it depends on the situation you find yourself in. You know, some situations require power. You know, if you're in a business situation and you've just had a devastating result and your company's profits and sales are at stake, you need to bounce back, not just with speed, but with power. So I completely concur with that. However, if you've had a great personal loss, uh, I don't necessarily think you need to bounce back with power. I think you need to bounce back with um, hope. Otherwise, you just stay in that dark place forever. <clears throat> so whether it's a personal loss or whether you get punched in the mouth business-wise, <clears throat> in my opinion, the only time resilience is uh, a component is when you're in a tough spot. If you're not in a tough spot, resilience isn't a requirement. If you were to take a look at your life, and I certainly have had my fair share, right, of moments where it required resilience, what would you say is one of the big examples for you where you really had to reach deep down and access your capacity to bounce back? Well, I think you know the answer to this. And, and, and you know, it's a personal story and people have heard me tell it, but I lost my 18-year-old uh, my son, Frankie, was killed in an automobile accident in 1993. And this certainly... To be honest with you, Tini, there is no language. Anybody that's listening to this, if you had this kind of loss, my heart goes out to you. I totally get it. There is no language that properly defines this, the depth of sadness and feeling that comes with it. Now, with that said, we still had another son, my older son. Uh, we have four godchildren and, and their husbands and wives and, and their children. Uh, we had other people who needed us. And so for us, it wasn't an option to just give up. But it was really, really hard. And so we had to find a reason to get up. Because it wasn't easy. Yeah, I can, I can totally um, uh, connect with that. And that, for those of you who know me, um, 15, gosh, 15 years ago, I had my daughter Maya, who was born, and she was born with a condition called Down syndrome. And that also, you know, it wasn't a bounce back powerfully. It was a very gradual, step-by-step, -step, tender, um, tender steps to get to a point of bouncing back. The other, I thought about this before our call, um, another really life-defining um, opportunity for me to really access resilience or train my resilience muscle was growing up. Because as you know, Kelly, we grew up, uh, my father was a diplomat, so we every two yeah. to three years, we had to get up, move, meet new right. people, 
right. re-establish roots, I suppose you would call it, temporary sure. roots. And that, as I thought back, yeah, a home. And that, as I think back, really required that development of resilience like it's a muscle until it became much more comfortable for me. Let me introduce a, a different thought on that. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I've actually been thinking about it, which is, you know, I thought your question in the beginning was was relevant, which is, can you only develop resilience in tough times? Um, so I don't know that, that that's particularly true, that you only develop resilience in tough times. I think it has to do with, you know, your entire life, the decisions you make every time something happens and who's around you. And there's, you know, it's a, com- a complex opportunity, really, to develop resilience. But I will say this, that in order to act on resilience, my assertion is you've got to have a reason to care about something. It's got to be something that's important enough to you that you bounce up, you step up with whatever it is. So in my case, with with Frankie, it was our family. The rest of our family needed us. Um, In your case, it was your daughter. And you wanted to act in her best interest. I think we have a very powerful example of it happening right now in the world, which is the Ukrainian people and and uh, Zelensky, and they know they are in danger. They the statistical probability of them winning is not very good, but there's something that they care about that's bigger than that, and it's glory to. The Ukraine. It's our country. It's our freedom. So I think that that component, at, and I would go so far as to say, you could make that a resilience practice, which is uh, this happened to me. Now, in order for me to bounce back, what is it that matters enough to me that I'm willing to go through what I'm going to have to probably go through here. Because as you, as you navigate any kind of a tough spot, as you know, Tina, it ain't always fun. It's not always fun. So there's got to be something there that allows you to have the strength and the resolve and the conviction conviction that you need in order, in order to, uh, to get to the other side. You know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of all this news footage that I'm seeing in the in the on TV in the media of people who are staying back to fight, right? Yeah. And um it's 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 really moving to witness mm. people mm. unfolding in their resilience, right? It's mm. it's almost I mean it's going to this is going to sound so shallow, but it's like in the movies. You have the the main character go down deep and then all of a sudden they rise up. And now we're seeing it real time, isn't it? Yeah. It's, oh, a, it's, so it's extraordinary. It is. They are teaching us all. They are teaching us all right now. But it is a textbook example of a spontaneous, resilient response. Now, do I think that all responses to resilience are spontaneous? I don't. But I think some are. And I think when there's something that you really care about, I don't think you're analyzing it. I don't think you're thinking about it. I think you're stepping up and acting because something matters to you. Now, with that said, on a more practical level, not as you know uh, dramatic or as moving as Ukraine, I mean, just the ev- everyday kind of challenges that people have in their in their personal lives and in their business lives require resilience. 
Because any kind of assertion that getting from here to there, let's take business, for example, let's take reaching goals, getting getting from here to there, that it's not a bumpy road. Well, that would be faulty thinking. Mm. That would be naive. That journey is bumpy. And so the practice that I create on how I'm going to relate to what happens to me, I think is the one that is maybe the most important. Uh, and anyway, I'm going on and on. Way in here, way in here, Teeny. You know, the thought that I have in my mind, I love that you took the conversation to business, right? Because perhaps a lot of our listeners um, can relate to this. I'm just wondering, yeah, do you think there's any, any time where there's too much? You know, this whole idea of calibration, too little, too much. Do you think there's ever a time where someone is too resilient and it becomes detrimental to the situation? Well, there must be a reason you're saying that. The, the visual I have in my mind is someone who runs, let's just say there's a leader in a team. They bounce back really fast and they forget that they have a team who needs to be alongside them. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just wondering, is there, is there, is there, is there, some things to keep your eye out on if you're a leader, you're driving a team, that if I show up too fast or too resilient. What I would how I would respond to that is no, I don't think there's ever too much resilience, but I do think your point, which is a powerful one, an important one for team leaders, is that everybody does, everybody's not resilient. So if I'm if I am if I am let me say it a different way. Everyone can become resilient based on the decisions and the practices that they execute on. But the team leader probably is resilient, Teeny, or they wouldn't be the team leader if you think about it. By definition, the person who's running the team is probably resilient because that's how they got to be the team leader. But if there is a presumption that everybody on their team is equally resilient up to the task and responds the same way they do to tough times, well, they're going to be running out in front and look, and there's nobody behind them. Therefore, the opportunity for the team leader is to coach, is to inspire, to teach people a new way to relate to what's happening to them. It may be new for them. People may not have ever spent any time with them about, yeah, this happened, but here's a new way to relate to this. Here's how we're going to go about this. I think in that situation, inspiration and coaching matters. But I hear your point. Your point is, I'm resilient. What about these other 20 20 people? Maybe they're not. Well, team leader, open your eyes and look over there and find out. Oh, I love that. Because it's not just about go, 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 right? It's about let's pause. As you mentioned, when I look behind, are there people behind me? And what what are the missing conversations? What do I need to evoke from my team to get them plugged into what matters so that they can be right next to me? How about a simple question like, how are you guys feeling about this? Here we are, we're in a very tough spot. So I'm going to give you permission right now, no repercussions to tell you exactly how you're feeling at this very moment about the spot that we find ourselves in. 
Now, make no mistake about it. We're not going to stay there. But take this moment right now. Talk to me. Tell me how you feel. And then as the team leader, I know what new narrative I need to create. And in some ways, leadership is about the narrative. It's about the conversation. It's about how we're going to relate to this. It's not just about that, as you know. If it's just a conversation, well, then it's just a conversation. It's about language and action. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here, I, I've i seen you present in the front of the room a million times. Really dynamic, really powerful. One of the things when you end your 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 conversations or your talks is you say you to the audience you are the next 20 years you are the leaders in the next 20 years right what would you say around which for me by the way is really inspiring and now 20 years later here we are right um what would you say to leaders or people in an audience now or to our listeners, around resilience to the people who will be the leaders of the future? What do you think well, they the need to know? Well, the other thing I'd know? say is this, this is your time. Mm. So I'm 76, soon to be 77. Um, my life is about uh, contributing to the next generation. And I'm going to assert, Tini, that you are very close to being in that position as well, where you are now contributing to the 30-somethings that are coming up behind you. Um, and, and so what I would say is this is your time. You've got about 20 years to make the difference that you want to make. Um, and, and what I would say is going to sound contradictory, but it, it, it's not for me, which is I love grand ideas. I love big dreams. I think it's so fun to talk about impossible is nothing. And, you know, let's let's make something huge and powerful happen. But I, I was touched when I heard Jeff Bezos, when he came back from that first space trip with that spaceship that he had, and they were interviewing him about the big ideas and, how, and blah, 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 blah. And he said, you know, I want to tell you something. You saw 20 seconds. That took 10 years of research and development to execute on what you just watched that was seconds long. He said, and I'm going to tell you the same thing that I tell all of my team every day, which is big things start small. So that's what I would say. You've got 20 years to make the difference you want to make, to contribute to the people you want to contribute to. Have a big idea, but remember, big things start small. And by small, I mean the small action that you take every day is what creates the future. Mm. Oh, that's so powerful. And failure is never a problem. No, not for me, it's not. Is yeah. it for you? No. Oh my God, I failed so many times, it's like amusing. I mean, it's, it's just, it, it's an inevitability if you're taking new ground. I mean, if you've got a list of goals that's really just a checklist, you know, just like a to-do list, then it probably is a non-issue. But if you've got goals that matter to you and they're big and you're taking new ground, you're getting uncomfortable, you're moving past what you always do, you're going to get your ass kicked along the way. Now, so we always say, as you and I both say, failure is never a problem. But I don't want that to sound like, and then we brush it off. If I'm coaching somebody and they fail and they go, ah, it's no big deal, 
I'm, I am concerned. That is not a, that is not a um, productive response to a failure if it's something that matters to you. A productive response is, I ain't happy about it. I've never met anybody great that went, yay, failure. But I've also never met anybody great who didn't stop and look and say, how am I going to use this? How am I going to have it inspire me? What did I learn from this that I don't want to forget? And honestly, Teeny, those questions create resilient practices. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So inspiring. It's like a mm. road sign, right? Mm. It's like failure, mm. road sign, turn left, turn right, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't want anybody to hear me saying like I'm brushing it off. I'm not. I hate to fail. I, I'm a very competitive person. When I engage in something, I want it to go well and I want to win. But I've failed enough and accomplished enough that I know that it is that moment when you get punched in the mouth that makes all the difference. (laughs) The decision you make. Yeah. Wow. So as we start to wrap this up, Kel, do you want to say anything about the book that we're writing? I do. So Tini and I are writing a a book because we're both very curious about, um, you know, why do some people do so well? No matter no matter what the circumstances are, what what are the distinguishing characteristics of people who have really accomplished things personally and professionally? And we're just interested in it. We're both of us interested in it. And so we're we're writing a book about the, the three of the uh, three of the characteristics that we uh, have found through our research to, to be not the only ones, but to be essential, and that's commitment like sincere commitment, passion, passion is everything, and emotional commitment, and the third, resilience. And it really was through our interviews that I that resilience really climbed the ladder for me as, as I listened to the people we've been interviewing. Uh, we've done a lot of interviews with extraordinary people who have walked us through the good times and the bad times and how they became who they became. So we're very excited to distill that um, in a way that I think people are going to read it, Teeny, and go, oh, cool. Okay, I'm, I think I'm on the right path here. Oh, totally. I just want to say, I mean, we've been interviewing, just to echo what Kelly said, some really extraordinary, ordinary people. Exactly. Right? Not and famous. These are yeah. not celebrities. You know, these, these are, Yeah. And I sit there and I listen to their stories and I, you and I swim in this, you know, we swim and working with people and having people rise up, et cetera, et cetera, uh, achieve bigger, better, different results. And I'm listening to these guys and I am so moved, inspired um, in the way that they see their lives and how they interpret and the actions they took and the people around them. Yeah, so great. So awesome. It's really great. Really great. How did it feel for you to interview your dad? Was that weird? Oh, my God. That was weird. <laughs> that was really weird. But yet, uh, and I know he'll be listening to this. Hi, Dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and to see facets, sides of him that I'd never seen before. Mm. And I think that that conversation really opened up the relationship 
And yeah, it, it's just taken our relationship, which was great anyway, just a lot deeper. I have a better understanding of him and his roots. Amazing man, important man. And, 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 and the thing that I was so moved by with him, his humility, is, is someone who is thoughtful, grounded, and is looking at the big picture and acting in the interest of all. He surely is that kind of leader. I think you're very lucky to have uh, been around him and your mom, Tini, both extraordinary people. Yeah, thank you. Oh, oh, I love this conversation. So we're going to wrap this up, Kel. It's always, always, always a pleasure to hang with you. It's never formal. It's we're hanging. (laughs) Well, I'm so proud of you, Tina. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Teeny Talks. Inspire change, one powerful conversation at a time.